Hello and welcome to True North CFL Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. Ooh, I'm Taylor you? Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TaylorCurrySK. I'm Carter Kennington. You can find me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at Carter Doing Radio. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. We're anywhere you can Google us and find us, True North CFL Podcast. We're on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, what else? SoundCloud. And recently. Think, yes. And yeah, now we're on uh, Apple Podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to us on there and follow us along this journey. Yep. Hey. Apologies. I did not know that was going to happen before recording of last episode. That was something we did spur of the moment. Uh, so, yeah, we're just going to announce it now. We have added Apple Podcasts to our repertoire. so. It's easier for you to listen there rather than SoundCloud, YouTube, or Spotify. You can go there and check us out now. So, Ooh. this episode is going to be primarily about um, mostly post-free agency because most of the big names have already signed. And we're going to talk about notable new signings from each team. So we're not talking about guys they re-signed or... You know, we'll do some honorable mentions of, like, some notable people that they brought in. So, the Argos have a couple notable players. We'll talk about them. So do the Riders. A couple different guys, you know? And, yeah, we'll get into that right now uh, without further ado. Let's start with the BC Lions. They signed Shaq Cooper, running back, Lucky Whitehead, wide receiver, and Marcus Sales, defensive back. What do you guys think? That's a, that's a fast bunch. I like the Shaq yeah, Cooper yeah. signing. I think, like, he's good. And, yeah, Lucky Whitehead, that's... He could be interesting with Mike Riley throwing him the ball, just, you know, hitting that, uh, just running down the field and seeing what happens. That's true. And, you know, Marcus Sales, which, you know... Ex- excusing the one thing that happened in the West final, you know, has been one of the strongest defensive backs in the CFL as of late. And I think yeah. he's going to keep that success rolling in BC, which is a shame for us, but just, <laughs> I, I, I like him. He's a good guy too. Like, uh, so just like I've talked with him uh, once or twice, like ran into him at the bomber store, you know, he's a good guy. So I'm happy for him. That's good. Yeah. I like it because one of our needs for BC was a running back upgrade. And, Shaq Cooper, man, he is he's he's an elite running back, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in his new home in BC. Lucky Whitehead kind of lost his job a bit in Winnipeg, but I feel like there's still some potential there and could be a decent utility guy. And Sales I mean, is a legit DB, so Whitehead had uh, shirt designs in Winnipeg that the Bombers were selling. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, like, not, like, just jerseys. Like, it was actually, like, a uh, shirt release. It was, like, the Flash, but it was, like, a 7 at the top. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a pretty cool design. So, like, there was some real hype around him in the first half of the season, especially. Yeah, for sure. He was he was a guy, I remember, because he had this NFL pedigree coming in. He was, like, this super quick speedster. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and then he just kind of wasn't really used that much in Winnipeg, so it'll be interesting to see if maybe BC can find a use for him. And then yeah. another team that stayed relatively quiet in free agency was Calgary. 
They signed Canadian quarterback Michael O'Connor, and I'm so happy for that because it means Michael O'Connor gets a fair shot somewhere, and that is great news if you're a fan of Canadian quarterbacks. Well, exactly. Like I like that he gets to work with Bo Levi Mitchell and Dave Dickinson now. Like that's that's and really John Huffnagel. Don't forget yeah, Huffnagel. Ex- exactly. So I just hope it doesn't get wasted, and we do get to see him somewhere in his career start. Where no matter where it is, I just want to see him start and play, be a good Canadian quarterback. Yeah. If if you're looking to expedite your like your level of performance, I think the best place to do that in the CFL, I'll say, is Calgary. Yeah. I was like unsure of myself, but I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna say uh, like if you're looking to just like get better as a football player, I find that like Calgary always has that like diamond in the rough type of player. True. And yeah, it's true. But yeah, as we mentioned there, one thing Calgary is good at is finding diamonds in the rough. And you look at their kind of their willingness to develop Canadian quarterbacks. Like we saw with Andrew Buckley, they carried him on their roster for years. And, you know, he only left because, you know, he decided to pursue medicine rather than football. So. Yeah. You know, I could totally see them doing that again with O'Connor and just carrying him. And even with Buckley, like we saw him grow into like a legit quarterback, not just a, a guy you brought in on third down to run the ball or, you know, like a, a weird trick play. He was a he was a legit backup quarterback. And some people thought he could eventually be a starter. And I think, you know, O'Connor isn't as mobile as Buckley. He's more of a passer, but. I feel like he could eventually be that guy where he's like a legit backup or starter uh, because, again, he's a good passer. We saw a bit of it in Toronto. He looked good out there. He was not, you know, he was not shy about chucking the ball. So, Well, and with Brandon Bridge not being in the league anymore, he's kind of the Canadian face of Canadian quarterbacks at the time now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and uh, Nathan Rourke are basically the only two right now. Uh, Brett Rippon is one, another one, but he's still in the NFL, so he's kind of still another guy in the background there. But for right now, those are our two Canadian quarterbacks, and there is another one in the pipeline. There's actually two that are going to be really good in the future, but as of right now and for the next couple of years, O'Connor and Rourke are going to be our kind of big hopes for the Canadian quarterback in the CFL as a starter. And I was surprised, honestly, when Ottawa didn't take him because Ottawa needs a developmental quarterback. He's a local guy, too. So you'd think they'd kind of lean into that, be like, hey, we can market this guy and when, you know, develop him until Nichols kind of fans out and then he's our guy and, you know, you can market, hey, Come see local Ottawa quarterback Michael O'Connor, you know, start for your mm-hmm. Ottawa Redlacks. It's like they missed they missed out on that, but I'm glad Calgary took him because I think Calgary is a great place for him to develop. While yeah. while we're on the topic, and I feel like we're not gonna get a chance to touch back on it, uh how long do you think this is sort of jumping to Ottawa a bit early, but how long do you think uh Nichols has got until he really starts to sort of fizzle out? Oh, that's tough. Uh, and that's it. It's going to be how short his leash is because, like, I think it's going to be a rough start there. Like, if they want him to succeed, they're going to have to have some rough times to start. 
and get through them and work through them, and then they'll be better after. But it's going to take some time. I think it depends, too, because, yeah, like, who who's the backup there, right? Like, if they don't have anybody and, you know... Yeah. I think it's still Dom Davis, so I mean he's probably yeah. got a long leash. <laughs> Here, let me say, let me say this. Let me say this. Um, three years from now, if he doesn't get traded or anything, would you assume that? Or I won't even leave that out of the question. Three years from now, do you think Matt Nichols is still a car, uh, starter in the CFL? No. Yeah, I think he's too old. That's no. that's a difficult. Like I, I give him the next two years guaranteed, and I think maybe depending on the success he gets in those two years he could maybe push another three after that and then he'd have to be done i'm saying next year yes he's a starter second year maybe third no because i look at the teams that need a quarterback as bad as ottawa is there's probably going to be someone who comes free in you know three years that can start for another team Mm. and i think they will probably land that guy and then you know you do the musical chairs whereas Matt Nichols is gonna the, go. Yeah, is there you know? is there a seat available for him at that point? Yeah, like, that's fair. Maybe, but, maybe BC, but I feel like they might develop Nathan Rourke into the next guy because he has such a similar style to Mike Riley. So, but I, he's had he's had two years off. He is thirty three years old going into this season. Yeah, like three so, years, I mean, he'll be thirty six. You know, yeah, like time is catching up to him fast. Yeah, and it's it's not going to slow down. So yeah, that's, well, one thing, one that's thing that's interesting. One thing that works to a point for Matt Nichols though is he is not a scrambling quarterback. No, nope. I feel like if he was a scrambling quarterback, you would see even more of a drop off as age gets to him. Since he's just a pocket passer, he can sort of stand in. He doesn't have to wind himself by running. Like Calvillo played for a long time. He was a pocket guy. Oh, for but sure, but I mean, we'll not see. everybody's, you know, Tom Brady or whatever. Like, you look That's at true. a guy like uh, Darian Durant, right? Like, he was really good for a really long time, and then when he hit a certain age, he just fell off a cliff. Like, when he got yeah. traded to Montreal. Yeah. So, you can see that with a guy like Nichols, because Nichols ain't Kevin Glenn. I mean, Nichols is good, and I remember I, I really liked him when he was in Edmonton, but, you know, he is no Kevin Glenn. Yeah, people so, always seem yeah. to forget. Everyone in Winnipeg forgot that he was pushing Mike Riley for that starting job in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, he was the good. Only, the only reason why Mike Riley—well, not the only reason, but the main reason why Mike Riley got the starting job was because Matt Nichols got hurt, and during the injury time, uh, Mike Riley was amazing. Yeah. So when when Matt Nichols came back, there was no real point to even like test it out because if it's not broke, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of Edmonton, let's get on to Edmonton. Uh, they signed Kevin Brown, linebacker, and if you're wondering who that is, he was starter for Ottawa in 2019. He's actually pretty decent. And then you got James Wilder Jr. coming back out of retirement. Yes, sir. I'm excited for that. Me too. And then Air- they brought back Aaron Grimes, which is nice as well. Oh, they also yeah. brought back Darrell Walker too. He signed with Edmonton. Right. Oh, yep, that's right. That, we didn't have that was a low key one that no one Yo, seemed to pay attention stupid. to. <laughs> Just... Yeah, because I was like, wait a wait. minute, Jerome Walker signed somewhere. It's like, yeah, he signed at Edmonton. Oh no. Yeah. And that like that offense was good last year and just like they were potent last year and now you add James Wilder to the mix. Like they had they had a 
are like a pretty good running back combination, but James Wilder, if they utilize him properly, like he's going to be great. And then, yeah, you add Darrell Walker back with Greg Ellingson. Um, who else? Amarty Edwards. Like, yeah, yeah. Trevor Harris. Rodney yeah, Smith. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Trevor Harris throwing the ball. That's a they got a scary right receiving core, like, man. It was they just they, needed they really did they, <laughs> yeah. they did seem like uh, they did seem like the team that was one more piece away. And now that they've got two big pieces at yeah. minimum, three like I don't know if you'd count Kevin Brown as one of those big big pieces, and you might be able to count Aaron Grimes, but Wilder and Walker, that's big. That's huge. Yep. Yeah. I want to see if uh, their rookie, Vontae Diggs, can take another step because he came in at will and beat out uh, Santos Knox for his job. It was an absolute stud in 2019. So I want to see if he takes another step forward. And then for the guys here, James Wilder, I really like. He was criminally underused in Toronto, so I feel like he's going to have a bit of resurgence wherever he went uh, before. I thought that was going to be Montreal, but now it's going to be Edmonton, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens with him, and we all know what Darrell Walker can do. He's arguably yeah. the best receiver in the league. Yeah. So the uh, the Edmonton Elk, as most uh, most rumors yeah. are pointing to. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't the like name it. should be. I mean, oh. I was I was really excited for the name Edmonton Elite, but I learned that that was already a football team name in Edmonton. So yeah, what? wait, it is? Yeah, there's there's like a there's like a minor minor league. Oh, for, that's uh, the Alberta Senior up, League probably. Yeah, that's the, the one Edmonton Will Art Elite. played in before he went to the CFL. Yeah. And so they don't want to you don't want to rob them of their shtick even though that's an amazing name. True. Um people disliked Edmonton Energy, but I think that would have been better than the Elk. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't like the elk. Like Edmonton Eagles would have been better, and it's like, oh, if you're afraid of ripping off the NFL, we've already done that—the BC Lions and the Detroit Lions. So yeah. who cares at this point? It's already on fire. Yeah, I would. I would have gone with Eagles personally. I liked Empire, but I get why they don't want to do that because you know the goals of political correctness kind of shift, and you don't want to have empire is your name you know yeah i feel like i felt like that one was a bit odd to be like oh it's got ties to colonialism but it's like it's i think they're just hashtag. being yeah they're being what do you mean? extra careful <laughs> like that they, well they're known as like the evil empire you know so it's like why not embrace that and be like yeah we're the edmonton empire you know and if you make uh make some all whites for away games just it, it could be cool it would have been cool yeah. yeah, I would have been down for the Edmonton Empire, but I mean, I guess Elk makes sense because historically that has been a name they've used. Mm. So it makes did, sense, but I mean, at the I same like the time, Edmonton, I like the Edmonton elements. It just sounded like newer, you know, like Elk, uh, just, Elk to me just sounds kind of boring, but elements, you know, they could do stuff with that. To me, if you mind. hear if you hear a football team named the Edmonton Elk, I'm not going to lie. It really does remind you of a name that would probably be around in the 60s. Like, yeah, like it just sounds like, yeah, like an original team from, yeah, the 40s or the 60s. Or yeah, something. I guess. I mean, you know, I'm okay with it. Eagle, I would have preferred Eagles, but I, I want antlers on the helmets now. That's, <laughs> I want to see that if we're getting the yeah. Elk. And a, reportedly, they filed a trademark for the elk already. So, and I mean, I mean, I will say, I will say though, that mascot choice is going to be so simple. 
right? Well, apparently like, they're replacing yep. one of their mascots, and I think I don't know which one it is, but they surely have to. I think it's right, going yeah, to yeah, yeah, gonna gonna be the polar bear. Yeah, it's going to be the polar bear. Because they're sure. like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to replace one of our mascots. One's a football. One's a bear. Take a guess. Yeah, you, you know? definitely get rid of the bear. <laughs> yeah, poor bear. But I mean, I get it. And then. Now that we have passed Edmonton, let's get to Saskatchewan, because this is a long list here. Uh, they signed Canadian offensive lineman Evan Johnson. Both Justin and jo uh, Jordan Herdman Reed uh, at linebacker. Uh, Canadian, yeah, Canadian twin linebackers, man, that's cool. They brought back Micah Johnson. Uh, brought in Larry Dean to replace Solomon Alamimian. And brought in Canadian defensive back Godfrey on Yekka. And then honorable mentions to, again, not, not known guys in the CFL, but signings that I'm personally excited about. Mason Fine and Sharon Peak and Sammy Coates. So let's okay, get yeah. into the rider signed Sammy Coates? Yeah, we got Sammy Coates, man. The wide receiver from like the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's a really good signing, I hope. But I'm excited about the Larry Dean signing. It was really unfortunate to see Cam and Solomon get like get away from us. And uh Larry Dean is a good replacement. I've been jealous of him watching him and uh Hamilton play. <clears throat> and Edmonton, sorry. So yeah, he's he's gonna be a good addition. Oh, for yes, sure. I mean I've I've not got too much to say on this i mean there's a lot of good guys on this <laughs> list but it's just like you know it's a lot it's a lot of guys so you're gonna have to i feel like it's gonna be fun to see if saskatchewan has a honeymoon phase or a building phase at the start of their year where it's like are they gonna just hit the ground running or is it gonna take like three games to sort of figure out yeah. how everything works oh sure i think it, i think it's gonna be pretty seamless i mean Evan Johnson slots right into Dakota Shepley's old spot, and then I think you run a rotation of the Herdman twins at will uh, to replace Judge. And then, yeah, I think that's pretty much how it's going to go. And then, obviously, Dean replaces Solly. And then... But it's it's hoping, too, that they can live up to the hype and the potential and be just as good as Cameron Judge and Solomon Aluminium. You know, that's that's what I really hope. Oh, I think Larry Dean's legit. The Herdman twins. Oh, he is for sure. The Herdman twins are good. Like, if you've seen them play, they're legit. Now, see, I had troubles. Now, are they special teams or are they actually? They can play. They both okay, can good. play. Cool. Yeah, like Jordan played. Uh, he started for BC at middle linebacker a few times, and it didn't necessarily work out. But I mean, I think it's going to be easier. It will because when you're when you're the middle linebacker, you're kind of the quarterback of the defense, right? You have to call everything. Whereas if you're you're a will, yeah. you don't necessarily have to worry about that. You can just play. And everything I've heard about these guys is they're ballers. So I mean, awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. And then, yeah, Justin started in BC. Jordan or Jordan started in BC. Justin played for the Argos, and. He was pretty good there. He started both at will and he started at middle linebacker. So, yeah, I think okay. that's why I think it's going to be a rotation of the two there. Yeah. 
And then what else do we have here? But yeah, Godfrey Onyeka is an interesting one too, because what do you do with him? He he started some games at defensive back. We have Eli Buka, another Canadian defensive back. Does this open the door to have a Canadian starting DB on the Riders? Very well may, it seems. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to take a look at it. It's gonna yeah, be a, it's gonna be a fun thing to watch, though. Oh, for sure. And then, for those of you wondering, who's Mason Fine? Who's Sharon Peak and Sammy Coates? I mean, these are guys that in the CFL scouting community, Mason Fine is a guy who've who's been known about for a long time as a guy who could really be a good player in the CFL just because he's a small quarterback. I think he's under six feet. You know, he's he's a little dude, but he's a great passer. And he's, you know, played against big schools and has a nice resume. So he he's a guy that reminds me a lot of Kevin Glenn. Like that, that's when I look at Mason Fine, I, I see like if he hits his ceiling, he's going to be, you know, the second coming of Kevin Glenn. That's that's kind of how I see him. And then Peak is a guy that, you know, he definitely has some skills. I mean, he was just uh, at Trevor Lawrence's pro day. He was one of the receivers there. So both those guys are extremely talented. So is uh, Sammy Coates. He just had, I believe, some injury trouble in the NFL and eventually kind of fell out there. But, I mean, both all of those guys I'm really excited about. Uh, recently, the Riders also signed Luke Falk, who played a little bit in the NFL, but kind of got beat up one game when he had to start for the Jets. And I mean, uh, I know some people are kind of slandering him for that, but I mean, cut the guy some slack. It's the Jets, you know? You don't exactly have a lot of good receivers to throw to, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and then let's go with the Bombers, because they were really quiet, but they. Uh, in terms of quantity, but they nailed it in quality. I really thought they needed to up the ante at receiver, and man, did Batman, it. they Let's signed go. Brian Mitchell, man. Like, oh, it seemed like um... everybody forgot he was out there, <laughs> and then he just goes and signs in Winnipeg. And it's like, oh no, you know, like, oh, uh, he, I'm, oh, man. I'm excited. I'm excited because I mean, even if the injury. You know, if the injury boogeyman comes back and attacks uh, <laughs> Caleros again, uh, we've got um, we've got Sean McGuire. And even though it's a very limited, I think he only took three snaps last year. But one of them was like a 50 yard gun that was almost right on the money. So having another quarterback that is willing to, you know, just lob it up is going to be so nice to watch. Oh, man. Yeah, Brian Mitchell is such a good receiver. I still think you guys need a better backup, though. So I think you'll probably get one from us because one of my bold predictions for the Riders is that we're going to cut one of Franklin or Isaac Harker and they're going to duel for the backup spot. And then those other young guys are going to battle for the third string because we currently have six quarterbacks. We, a bit much. We oh. literally just released one too. Like we signed Luke Falk and released Justice Hansen, but I mean, like still, that's a lot, you know. That's so, a couple, yeah. I think we're gonna have one experienced backup. Obviously, Cody is the starter. You have one young guy as the third string, and then you have one on the PR. I think is what we're gonna do. So, 
yeah, I feel like Franklin or Harker, you know, they're going to duel it out and then the loser, you know, gets cut. So I feel like that could be interesting. And I think whichever loser of the Constellation Prize is going to be going to Winnipeg and being the backup there. So that'll, I mean, mcguire has been our guy for a while, though. I feel like we wouldn't be holding on to him for this long because it's been like two or three years. So, like, I feel like we would, like, if we didn't see something in him or at least have the confidence that he could come in for, like, you know, a four-game stretch, I don't think we'd still have him. Yeah. True, but I mean, if you ask... him for a while. True, but I mean, if you ask me, it's like, hey, you could have James Franklin, Isaac Harker, or Sean McGuire. Who are you picking? Uh, I mean, but that's just because we... I'm going to go with, you know... But that's a... Just because we have a bigger sample size of those other two quarterbacks, like we haven't yeah. seen what McGuire's been capable of in the practices, and so. like Sh- Sean knows the playbook there in Winnipeg. You know he's been studying it for two or three years now. That's not true. that he's had. It's not it's that just he's a tougher game experience, but yeah, he's he knows it. He's. I just there. think it's a tougher question than, like, than yes just no. who you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I feel like they might need a more experienced backup at Winnipeg because we know. No, Col- we know Kolaris is going to get hurt. It's basically an inevitability, you know? Dude, so, I mean, that's why, it, like, if there was a team for him to be in, it's going to be the team that has Jamarcus Hardrick and, like, Stanley Bryant on but it, right? Is, yeah. is Chris Strebler a free agent in the NFL now? Chris Strebler... I think he's still I, with the Cardinals. Let me just I, check I'll, real quick. I'll check... Uh, Chris Strebler. Let's see. I think he signed saying, a futures anything, contract, but I don't know. If anything happens, I oh, he's still he with the Cardinals. Back to Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah. So oh, he I probably like wouldn't he be would. coming back till mid-season. Dang, uh, he signed a two million dollar deal. Yeah, man, he's down there for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll get next season at the but least. But fully guaranteed zero. That's Damn. wild. Look, but look at this though. Like this past year, he made seven hundred and eighty thousand yeah. dollars, which is point four percent of his co- of the cap. That's like, what is that for CFL uh, comparison? That's like Bo and Mike Riley money, you know? Yeah, in the CFL. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he's a backup that played like what two plays and a couple of special teams plays. He started. He started yeah. a game. He started oh, wait, a yeah, game. Sorry, yeah. he started that last. He game, has one yeah. touchdown. I mean, there yeah. are better quarterbacks you probably could have picked from the CFL, but I mean, I'm still happy they picked a guy and he threw a touchdown, you know? This is a rough one, though. Contract ranking 114th out of 117 at I the quarterback position. Yeah, so he's making good <laughs> CFL money, but not good NFL money. Yeah, I mean, that that's fine, though, because, again, like, he's, he's not a guy you expect to be making. Like, they're not going to hand him the bag, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then we're going to move on to Hamilton now. They're a team that also didn't really sign many people. They made one good signing. They signed Siontae Evans, which, I mean, good for them. He's an excellent defensive back, and Hamilton's already got a great secondary. So I think he's played there before, too. So, yeah, just good signing. Or was he just in Montreal? He's been in Calgary and Montreal. I'm not sure about okay. Hamilton. I could be mixing him up with somebody else. Uh, they also who who just retired? Rico Murray. That's who it was. Just retired for them. So, 
be interesting to see if maybe he fills Rico's spot or what happens there. Now let's get to the team that has been the busiest out of all of them. The Toronto Argonauts. The Boatmen. <laughs> they got, they got the, a desk full of blank checks and they're just handing them out. I the mean, best of the logos in the league. Don't <laughs> at me. Or do at true, me and I'll, and I'll prove you wrong if you come do, at me with anything else. Do at him or the podcast. Though. Please do so. And then... Let's get to who they all signed that's known in the CFL. They signed John White, which is good because they had no running back. And I'm not kidding. They literally didn't have anybody with CFL experience. So yeah. good to see that they got John White. Eric Rogers and Cordero Law, they got to trade to Calgary and then proceeded to sign them. So great move for Toronto there. Absolutely. They finessed Calgary, too. They didn't get, like, who did they get? Uh, Calgary in that trade. Didn't they get like I'm a late sure. draft pick? I think like a fourth or a sixth round draft pick, I think. Yeah, like something like that. Holy crap, you know? For those two, that that's a good move. They also got uh, Jerome, who is like a DB slash Sam linebacker, but he didn't sign with Toronto. He actually went and moved on to Saskatchewan. So, yeah, overall, great trade for Toronto. You know, and then they got Charleston Hughes, who didn't you make a good picture for that Taylor? Remember? I made one, yeah, just for yeah, just for fun. But sucks to see him leave from Saskatchewan. I think he'll still do pretty good in Toronto. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's... you can't say he won't really. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's a nice guy, so it sucks to see season. him go. Yeah, but he yeah he still led the league in the last season we had so. Yeah. I think he'll do really well. Toronto needs Whether the team to get does. pressure too. So, yeah, good move to get him and Law. Like that's could scary. Help well, and it could help somebody like Cleon Lang too, because oh, Cleon Lang's in up. Ottawa now. Oh, sorry, but anyone else on that defensive line, you know, they're doubling up on Charleston Hughes now, and they're gonna have, that's gonna help the other guys for sure. Yeah, definitely, and then. Sadly for Ryder fans, they also signed Canadian star linebacker Cam Judge. Oh, that Oof. hurt. That yeah, hurt my man. soul when I saw him went to Toronto, man. That that stung. Like I'm a new I try to be neutral on this show, but as a Ryder fan, that one hurt when he went to the Argos, man. Like it was like, oh I mean Like I was like I was hyped when we got the Herdman twins because like, okay, they're good replacements, but like still hurt seeing him sign somewhere else. Yeah, I get that though. As someone who isn't, you know, who isn't a Ryder fan, but has also seen someone who is very big in the city leave this year for us, it was Justin Medlock. It just sucks. Like, yeah, and it's it, somebody you got to see grow in that city and become the player who they are. And yeah, gone. Sure. And then some honorable mentions Toronto signed Kendall Wright who's a former 1000 yard wide receiver and first round pick in the NFL so he's got some pedigree they signed Martavius Bryant who was a very talented receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers but was released uh, or not released suspended indefinitely for marijuana use and then his cousin former Clemson Caleb 
uh, quarterback Kelly Bryant also signed with the Argos. And very recently, they signed Sean Oakman, who he was an absolute beast. So that's going to be nice to see him play. And another former first-round pick, Shane Ray, formerly of the Broncos, also signed with Toronto. So yeah, they they weren't just active with the CFL guys. They were active getting like guys with pedigree from down south. So Toronto's yeah, going to be were. really interesting to see them. Yeah, like I mean, I remember when they did this a couple of years ago. It wasn't this big, but you know, they they got flashy on free agency day, and I'm just hoping for the city and the fan base sakes that they actually do something with it and produce a playoff productive team. For sure, like I look at a, a guy like Kendall Wright, he didn't really have any baggage uh, or you know drug issues like uh, Bryant kind of had with his marijuana use and suspension from the NFL. But you know, he's a guy that I look at. He uh, he was a thousand yard receiver in the NFL. Like this is a guy who's he's still young too. I think he's still in his mid or late twenties. So mm-hmm. this is a guy that can play. So I really hope that I think he's the guy that's most likely to do well of their pickups. Martavius Bryant, I think, will play extremely well, too, because, again, before being suspended, he was a very talented player. And then Kelly Bryant, I know one, our prospect expert, James, was pretty harsh on him, but I mean, <laughs> uh, he he's a talented quarterback in his own right, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. And then we'll move on to the Red Blacks. They signed Canadian defensive tackle Stephen Charles. And if you haven't heard that name before, he was a former University of Regina Ram player who then was in the NFL for a number of years. And in the last offseason, he signed with the Eskimos. And then now he's with Ottawa. And then they also signed another Canadian, a wide receiver, Daniel Peterman, formerly of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Man, that, that makes me sad. I liked him. We didn't use him enough. That's true. I hope he gets, I hope he really shows out. I mean, he's got Matt Nichols there, so he's got, or he's got someone he knows throwing the ball. And then they also signed linebacker Micah Awe, so that's a, that's a nice addition to replace Kevin Brown. I mean... Those are some upgrades. I mean, that interior for Ottawa, Cleon Lang and Stephen Charles, that's scary. Mm. Plus, I mean, I just want to say I love Micah Awe. Like, he's yeah. one of the most, like, uh, what for one, he's one of the most entertaining guys on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but but also, he's just really good. It's a Friend of the show, too. Friend right of the show, yep. Friend of the show. Yeah. I was and, gonna say you were saying they didn't get to use that other guy. I was gonna say you didn't use Mike Alway enough because well, we you didn't, didn't, you get didn't use him at all. all. Yeah, exactly. COVID <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Yeah, didn't yeah. get the chance to use him. Oh well. But another team that was super busy on free agency day was Montreal. They signed Canadian wide receiver Natea J. Defensive end, Nick Usher. Oof. And then Almondo Sewell, defensive tackle. Huge. Uh, Regis Shibashu, uh, formerly of the U of Montreal, 
So that's Danny Matrosha bringing back one of his former star players there. Chris Ackie, Canadian linebacker. They brought back Patrick Levels and brought in Canadian offensive lineman David Foucault. That's good. I like those signings. Seawell's going to be big there. And I think uh, AJ will have a really good good year there too. And Patrick Levels and Chris Ackie there too. That's, I mean, they had a really good free agency day signing really good key Canadian people. Yeah, I feel like people don't talk about Chris Aki enough. Yeah. Yeah, he's they don't. An underrated guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then Regis is a guy I look at. He was criminally underused in Toronto. He was a big receiver at the U of M. And for some reason, Toronto put him at fullback. I have no idea why. And... Mm. He's had a really quiet career there, so I hope Montreal moves him back to receiver, especially with Danny Machocha there, his former coach. So that'll be interesting to Taya J. Another interesting guy, another Canadian wide receiver. Toronto has, or not Toronto, sorry, Montreal has drafted a ton of Canadian receivers in the past. So going to be interesting to see. Maybe they start too. Like I look at, they have uh, Janarian Grant and Jay now, and a bunch of guys. Malcolm Carter, who's huge, big guy. I think he's like six foot six or something like that. So, gonna be interesting to see, you know, if they start two Canadians in Montreal at receiver. David Foucault. Uh, I don't know what they do with him because I wouldn't really put him at tackle. He's a guy that I look at as a guard, but maybe they use him to replace Tyler Johnston. Oh, yeah. But that one really does depend. And then Nick Usher, man. Him and John Bowman together with Sewell in the interior. They cut Bowman. This, yep, this is making me a little bit more nervous of that team. That, they didn't bring, Bowman's not on that team, though. He isn't? They not bring, yeah, they said they're not bringing him back. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, man. Either way, Usher's Sewell alone. That's scary. And then they got Antonio Simmons, friend of the show. Is a rookie in yep. 2019. So, either way, th- that D-line is going to be a lot different next year for sure. So now that we've gotten through all of the, the signings by teams, let's look at some key guys who are still left as of the day of recording. February 21st. Just want to make that clear because it's, it's kind of a joke now that we've had guys sign like the day after we record. Like last time our pre show, the day we recorded, I think it was the day or the day the episode got released was the day Matt Nichols got released. Yep. Yeah. It was like, oh, was the no. Was, yeah. <laughs> the QB swap happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that hurt. But let's hope that doesn't happen. Knock on wood. You know, oh, it's going to happen. I, I know, I know. But As soon as this episode comes out, Henock is signing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like tomorrow morning. Henock Mwaba signs a blah, and then we're going to... Yeah. Speaking yep. of Henock Mwaba, he's our first one we're going to talk about. Um, some potential destinations I have listed are Winnipeg, Hamilton, or Ottawa. What do you guys think? Yeah, I could, my personal thing, like, he's got a family in Montreal, like, that's where he's from, so I think he'd try to stick close, so I could see 
Hamilton with Larry Dean going or Ottawa potentially. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I want to say Winnipeg, but if I'm being honest, that it would make I feel like it's kind of going to make the most sense if he goes to Hamilton. Yeah, I'm on that bandwagon too. I think it's most likely to be Hamilton to replace Larry Dean. It would be nice to see him and Big Hill together, though, for sure. I'd yeah, love that. That'd be crazy. That would make the defense outside of their secondary one of the most stacked defenses with that line and those linebackers. Could you imagine if you combine Saskatchewan's secondary with Winnipeg's front seven? Yo, that would just, just be unfair. A, yo, you want to split a great cup next year? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we'll take the I'm, best peaches from each I'm team down, and combine I'm, them. I'm, I'm down if you're down. The logo's going to be the Saskatchewan <laughs> thing, but instead of an S, it's a W. Like, <laughs> and we'll have the field behind it. Yeah. <laughs> um, green and gold kick Edmonton <laughs> out of the league. <laughs> Get that out of here. They don't count anymore. Get no doubt. Done. Make, make them switch colors to like the Eagles colors in the NFL. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then yeah, uh, that that's a good one. And then let's look at Justin Medlock. Um, I think he's likely to retire, and that's what a lot of sources around the league are saying. He's looking at retirement. I couldn't really see him going anywhere else. What about you guys? Yeah, I'd say the same. Like it's retirement or Winnipeg. That'd be my guess. Team packing up and moving somewhere else to play. Yeah, there's. I mean. There's no real point for him to go anywhere else. He just won. Exactly. Like, if yeah, and if he wants to retire, why not do it when you've won? Like he's on top. He's getting up there in age. He might think that like honestly, he might think that Winnipeg might be like what we got like maybe two years left on our current thing. Then we might have to blow it up and rebuild. He might just say, "Screw it, time to get out of here now." Yeah, yeah. that's fair. And like, then. We'll move on to Canadian kicker Brett Lowther. Um, I think with him, he's said he's not hearing offers from CFL teams. He's just looking at the NFL right now. So he's a guy that maybe I could see. I think more than likely he's going to return to Saskatchewan. Yeah, I could see that. As long as yeah, nothing works out in the NFL, he'll be back in the green and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again just kind of makes sense doesn't it a lot of these ones like you don't really have to argue for all of these because we've pretty much just taken them and said where does it make sense so exactly what's the logical fit and speaking of that ricky collins this is a guy that i've hardly heard any talk about um put some respect on his name man he's a thousand yard receiver you know (laughs) yeah this dude he was formerly with edmonton um I can see him going to Saskatchewan. That's my hot take because that is Roosevelt's spot that he was in last year and got a thousand yards. So I can see him going there as a younger option or Ottawa because Ottawa desperately needs high end receiver talent. And why not bring in a thousand yard guy who's relatively young like Ricky Collins? No, especially after they lost Rhymes last offseason. See, I, I want him in Saskatchewan bad. We had him here before, and I was really mad when he left. Well, when they let him go to Hamilton. I just, he, like, he was a thousand-yard receiver in Edmonton last year. He he can ball out. I, I really want him back in the green and white. I don't know how much space they'd have for him, but, yeah, I just, I think he's a good guy. I don't want to miss out on him. I mean, 
Yeah. I don't again, I don't know really to add here. When when you're talking about former Saskatchewan guys and that I can't super comment. But I mean, like you said, over one thousand yards receiving, you gotta put respect on him. Pound for pound, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the game right now. No doubt. And then let's go to Matt O'Donnell, the six eleven offensive lineman, formerly of Edmonton. Uh I have him written down as going to either BC, Ottawa, or Calgary. Where do you guys think he lands? Yeah, I, I'd I'd see BC. We talked about this before the show. He's from BC. That's going to be my pick for where he goes. He goes back home. He's ready to stick it out long term, possibly. So I could see that for sure. Yeah. Plus, I mean, what team based off of uh, 2019 really needed to fix their offensive line issues? BC. Yep. It all kind of makes sense. True, especially given O'Donnell has the size to play tackle and guard, although he primarily played, I believe it was guard in Edmonton. But, yeah, he's a guy that I look at as... I can definitely see it. The problem is uh, Suk Chung is there, and mm-hmm. they, for some reason, gave him 200 k to play that right guard spot. So, I don't know. Money. You know, it says... <laughs> Does he restructure and then O'Donnell come in at left guard? Or, you know, how does that work out? And that's why I look at, you know, Calgary. They lost two starting offensive linemen the past previous off seasons. Notably, recently, they lost Shane Bergman. That's huge. Yeah, he was one of the best offensive linemen in the league. He's now retired. So Calgary is probably scrambling to find a replacement for him. Yeah. Do they have the number number one pick in the draft though? Calgary? No, Hamilton yeah. does. Oh. Okay. Oh, and they're a hundred. Yeah, right. Wasn't it? Wasn't it dumb? Wasn't that stupid? Yeah. The way that they did that draw. Yeah, it's Hamilton, Hamilton Saskatchewan, and Saskatchewan Winnipeg of the top Let's three. <laughs> hey, I'm not complaining, uh, but I mean, at the same so time, dumb. I would have been okay having a lower pick because looking at the top of the draft and not to spoil too much of James and I's next draft special, but I think. That a lot of these guys uh, at the top, you're going to have one wide receiver who I think, whoever that wide receiver is, whether it's going to be Terrell Janna or Josh Palmer, 100% Hamilton's drafting them. And then number two is Saskatchewan's a bit of a wild card depending on the NFL draft because you have guys like Eamon on Bogmiga who'd be a perfect replacement for Cameron Judge, but he's a guy that. I know James is high on, and a lot of people are high on, but he's he's losing a bit of steam coming towards the draft, and I don't know, man. Maybe maybe he doesn't get that long look for whatever reason, and hmm. Scoutron picks him up, or, you know, there's that Oregon DB. I think his last name is Holland. He's a guy that I look at and is like, oh, maybe if we have Onyeka and Buka. Maybe we draft him and, you know, again, go Canadian at that defensive back spot. Same with Alonzo Aday is another guy. Or, you know, do we do we go that typical CFL route and draft an offensive lineman there? And then you have guys like James is James has listed cautionary tales about stay away from the stage and is super high on Logan Bandy. And or you could wait. Uh, a year for Liam Dobson to come up after his final year of transfer. So 
Saskatchewan has so many ways to go in that draft. It's insane, you know? But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see the CFL draft. But, yeah, I don't know. With um, Calgary, I don't know who they are going to replace, you know, Berman with. There really isn't that many people, you know? Yeah. And then another guy I look at, uh, Canadian, another Canadian offensive lineman, but this guy's more of a tackle, whereas O'Donnell's more of a guard, is Tyler Johnston, formerly of Montreal. Uh, again, we have the same kind of three teams listed, but given that he's a tackle, where do you see him fitting in? I could see Ottawa. That'd be my guess. Just They had O-line issues last year, and I don't think the tackles were their strong suit, so I think that could be a good landing spot for him. Yep. I mean, BC or Ottawa, just, I feel like these guys who have, you know, these guys are holding all the cards right now because, like, those teams need good offensive lines. And so, mm-hmm. waiting, probably just bidding up the price a little bit, I'd guess. Oh, for sure. Probably just between those teams. Well, the interesting thing is, I've heard that the free agent money has gone down since it started rather than turning into a bid in war. Which is a bit interesting. But, um, I kind of agree. I think looking at Tyler Johnston, he's probably going to go to Ottawa because Ottawa desperately tried to have four Canadian starters on the offensive line last year. And given that he plays tackle, I think that might be a good fit. Um, back to Matt O'Donnell, I think Montreal's a spot for him too because everybody forgets they lost Trey Rutherford. Uh, he retired mm-hmm. this off season, so I could see a guy like O'Donnell maybe going to Montreal. Yeah, that's a big loss, and you gotta get someone good to fill that place. Yeah, and then, but yeah, Johnson. I feel like Ottawa is the most likely spot for him. But now let's go to McLeod Bethel Thompson. Um, for him, I feel like Ottawa or Toronto most likely. Uh, or I guess Winnipeg, anywhere that's really in need of a veteran backup. But I know right now he's kind of hunting for NFL opportunities, and he has a a connection with Jacksonville. So, oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I read that last week too. But I'd I'd say if he does, yeah, come back to the CFL. I'm gonna say Toronto or shot in the dark, maybe Winnipeg. Yeah, just for a veteran backup, but. Uh, I could see him going back to Toronto just to compete for that starting spot. Like to me, Arbuckle isn't a number one guy, so I could see him going in and competing for that job and winning it. I mean, it's tough. I like maybe there's a bit of personal vendetta there that's keeping him from going back to Toronto. Because like you're telling me, you're telling me like that's even though personally I would go with Matt Nichols over uh, Bethel Thompson. I know that's not the case with some people here, but like. (laughs) No, but like, think about it. In your head, you played out of your mind. It didn't result to wins, but you were getting touted as like a really good quarterback in the CFL. You yeah. were second in yards, yeah. All of a sudden, this guy comes in and takes your spot from you? Like, no. What do you mean? Like, you saw me play. You saw me ball out. Why well, am I? Why is that not enough to get the trust here? Yeah, exactly. Like, go to he a different didn't... team, show out for them, show Toronto that they screwed up. Yeah, he didn't get offered this, like, they weren't like, hey, like, yeah, you balled out, we want you to be our guy. Here's the money, here's the keys to the franchise, like, let's go, let's do this. Yeah. 
it was like, okay, have fun in the NFL. We're going to trade guys and cut guys and see what happens. And now exactly. they got Arbuckle and Pipkin as their quarterbacks. I know. It's it's weird, man, with uh, what's going on with him. I feel like Ottawa could be, could be the only real lighting spot or Winnipeg. Because, yeah, you're right. He might have something against the Argos. I mean, he did yeah. play in Spring League, so he's going to be a bit more, you know, ready to go probably than some of the other guys who haven't played in a year. So it'll be interesting to see if he can leverage that into a, you know, again, maybe back to Toronto compete for that starting job or duke it out with Nichols, but instead of in Toronto, like it was last year, it's Ottawa, you know? So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens with him. And then American linebacker Dion Lacey. Uh, for him, I have Winnipeg, Hamilton, and Ottawa. And then right now, though, he's kind of in the NFL hunt moment. Yeah, he probably wants to try to get back to Buffalo. I We didn't get the opportunity to see him in Saskatchewan, and I really like that. So I'd have a random shot in the dark of Saskatchewan. But I could see somebody like even Winnipeg or... Hamilton with Larry Dean going, yeah, if they don't get somebody like Henock Mwamba, I could see them trying to go after Dion Lacey for sure. Yeah, Dion Lacey is in no means a consolation prize. Um, mm-hmm. like, I would say, like, I, I would like to see him in Winnipeg. Of course I would. But right now, like, I feel like he's got, like, I feel like he might actually get back to the NFL. I think he like, could too, yeah. If I'm being real, that's what I think. But yeah, that's what I got on the brain. I think if he signs with the CFL team, I think Hamilton might be a likely spot. I feel like maybe Winnipeg, if they want to have a nice compliment at Will, he could be an option. And then you got Ottawa just needs more talent on that defense. So it makes sense that he might go there to replace Kevin Brown, but. I mean, yeah, right now he's looking for an NFL job, so probably a while before he signs anywhere. Yeah. And then last but not least, we have Craig Rowe, formerly of Winnipeg. Well, I don't know where he's going to end up, man. Like, I have Sask and Edmonton, but I feel like anywhere they really need some depth on the defensive end area probably could use him. Yeah, I'd like to have Saskatchewan there. I could see him there with uh, I mean, Zach Evans is gone. I know he's interior, but and then you lose Charleston Hughes too. Yeah, he could be a replacement. But somebody I just want to say too before we kind of end the list is Alex Bazzi. Is he signed anywhere yet? I don't think he has. Yeah, you're right, Alex yeah, Bazzi. So like man. he he could he could really bolster someone's team too. Yeah, yeah I'd be down to have Alex Bazzi on my team. I mean, <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. I'd love him in Sask, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Craig Rowe, I'd love to uh, have him too. Yeah, going back to Craig Rowe, like, dude's a starter. Like, he could start on a lot of CFL teams right now. Sure, there's a couple spots where he could go. It's interesting to see where he'll go. Definitely. And then, before we get into our COVID activities, uh, let's talk a bit about signing bonuses and salary in the CFL. I know we were talking about this before the show. We were talking about more or less why salaries aren't revealed. 
And so let's let's kind of pick that conversation up here. Yeah. Um, well, it was started out by saying, like, you know, players are getting paid very poorly in comparison to other sports leagues. And the CFL's kind of scared of showing those numbers off. Because it's like, I, I don't know. Like, the players actually know, or the players don't know, actually. That's what I meant to say. The players don't know, for the most part, that their numbers are private. Which is a shocking thing. They don't mm. like talking about it, but they like, like when I've asked, I've asked players how much they make, and they've told me Google it. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. So, well, no, you go, you go. Mike, do you remember when we went and saw the commissioner last year, and then uh, we actually asked the question? We asked the commissioner, like, would you ever make salaries public? And the, all the fans there like laughed and snarked at us. But then I remember seeing it all over the place months later. People yep. were asking, like, should the salaries become public? I remember that, too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, got took our question. Yeah. But, yeah. but people laughed at us when we asked that question originally. To be fair, I didn't ask that question. You did. But I mean. I, yeah. Me or my brother did. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Luke Mullender, who was there, called me. I was like, yeah, you with the notebook. And because I was writing everything down for the podcast. Yeah. Right. Uh... <laughs> That was funny. Exactly. Yeah. Good times. Yep. Good times. But yeah, as for salary, I don't know. I feel like we should know most of them. I remember Looney Cap used to be a thing, but I think they shut down. So it, like, we don't really it, have a source to know the numbers now. It would just be nice to know, like, like for example, as a Ryder fan, where we stand right now and like, so I could break, like, I'm obviously not like the GM, but it'd be just nice to know that, okay, we have X amount of dollars left. Yeah. Oh, they could be looking at this guy or this guy to fill that spot. That was, Maybe yeah, that was the thing guy. that I saw on Twitter. I forget who it was like a sports, um, it was like a radio sports guy was saying like, it would have been nice for the CFL to, you know, show their numbers. So that way every single player talk doesn't end with being like, oh, well, we'll see what happens if they have the cap. Like, <laughs> exactly. you know? That'd be all right. a giant question mark because we have no idea what's in and out of the realm of like reality or possibility. Yeah. Now that'd be a cool compromise though to see like the team's numbers, not the players. Because if the players don't want to reveal what they're making, okay, whatever. You know. Yeah, even just show but that the yeah, teams, the salary, you know, like Yeah. Why so not? the salary cap is four point nine million dollars and the riders are at $4.02 million right now. Exactly. Just show me something like that. Yeah. yeah it doesn't have right. to be a player. Per, yeah, just show me a dollar figure. Or just like, yeah, they're 80% of the cap is taken. Just something. But no. every every league is so transparent about it, except for our league. That's true. Even the leagues that don't pay a lot, like the MLSE, it's like, you'll probably find how much those guys the are The WNBA, making. like, yep. yeah. Unfortunate. Like, those Even, leagues like, ain't paying those... much... <laughs> But even like the spring league, like those, like the little leagues, like the XFL, the XFL, the AAF, those. you know, you yeah, knew you what all those guys were making. Those. It's like this... we've been around for for a hundred years, and we just don't know what. Like we found out what Mike Riley was making. Everyone made a big deal when Casey Printer signed a million dollar deal, but yeah, we find out from third parties, not the league. And I mean, what was I gonna say? Um, it's not like the CFL is paying players less than the AAF was. Or the XFL. We're paying guys more than that, so I don't know why we'd be like so scared. It's not like we're paying these guys thirty grand to play here. You know, the minimum well, and... minimum salary is eighty grand. 
you know? So now, it's not like that's now, nothing. That's, that's yeah, a good amount of money. They made it too now so you can get a job as a Canadian. So, I mean, it's got to be tough to, like, want to move your whole family up here. But if you're committed, you could make good money in the off-season too, you know, working as a player and then working, let's say, as a real estate agent or a car salesman or something. Like, you could do well staying here full-time. True, yeah. like organizations help players find jobs and help them with all that. And, you know, yeah. they also pay for housing and stuff like that. People forget that. Like it's 80K. Exactly. 80K plus basically your rent is covered Eight. and you get some allowance for like food and stuff like that. Exactly. So, you On know, top of your paycheck. Yeah, so the salary might not be, you know, great. But again, you got to remember these guys, you know, are also getting money for rent and you know, other th- utilities and things like that, right? Well, so. and I'm I'm not going to name the player, but there was a player on social media all the time a couple of years ago. He'd put up, it would be the end of the season, and he hadn't even cashed a game check yet. And he wasn't, like, a number one guy either. He was an O-lineman, but, like, he had, he showed, like, seven game checks that were uncashed just because he, like, planned out his finances so well. It's pretty sick. And then, yeah, for signing bonuses, how do we handle this problem of guys getting cut who are owed bonuses, like, the next day? Like, you look at Matt Nichols, who, you know, was owed a, I think it was a $200,000 signing bonus, and they're like, nope, you're gone. You know, like, how do we we counter that, you know? I don't know if you can. Like, Like, the only, you'd have to guarantee it, but then teams would be more cautious signing people and wouldn't give out as big of bonuses. Like what freaks me out about it is that like, you can't just pull the day closer because it just changes what day everyone's going to get cut on. Exactly. It's a very difficult thing. And like, I mean, there, it just seems like these guys are just not honoring the contracts that they're putting out, which is a shame. Even though, like, technically they are and all that. It's just like, come on. But that's the only way you're going to change it in the player's perspective is if you guarantee a signing bonus or something that you put it in the contract that you can't, if you get cut, you still get that money or you get that money no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I I was just thinking of the funny thing where Darian Durant took a 70K roster bonus and then dipped from the Bombers. That was funny. Any other yeah. player in the league would do that too, given that opportunity, because oh, they know sure. you have to take the money in this league when yeah, you get and the I mean, opportunity. That's something, that's something that I never like. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see Darian Durant in a blue bomber jersey because that would have been fun. But yeah. I don't blame him for doing what he did, even though it happened against Winnipeg. Doesn't matter to me. Get yeah, your money. And, like I think if I was him in that situation, I would have done the same thing. It's a like no oh, offense, yeah. but yeah, like a free seventy grand, you're gonna take it. Yeah, like anybody who criticizes Darian Durant for that, it's like put yourself in his shoes. It's like you're debating retirement and you got a seventy k bonus coming up. Maybe well, wait, maybe wait a week or two before you make that decision. You know exactly, and it it was a big kind of f you to the league. It was just like you know you guys no. do it this to us on a weekly basis. Now I'm taking one back. Mm-hmm. Sure, and I have heard uh, proposed solutions to this, like making bonuses guaranteed after a certain period. So, say you sign, you know, player X to a two-year deal, bonuses in that, you know, first or second year are guaranteed, or 
you know, maybe you put a salary cap on bonuses. So maybe teams aren't scared of paying that guy $200,000 in one giant payment. Maybe it's, you know, they pay you two bonuses of, you know, a hundred grand, you know, like one right before training camp and one now, you know, like something like that, I feel like is reasonable and probably doesn't scare teams as much. I don't know. How would you guys feel about something like that? I mean, go ahead. I feel like that's one of the things you have to do. It's either that or you make the bonuses like a sign. Like it's either that or you have to set it up so that there are only signing bonuses. Like it would have to be like you have your base salary, you have signing bonus and you have player incentives and that's it. Yeah. Like that's the only way that or the one or the way that you described is the only way that we can counter this. I would say if I was in the Players Association, make bonuses not count towards the cap, but make them guaranteed. So that way teams are like, oh, we're way over the cap. Let's just cut this guy because he's due a bonus, you know, next week Mm -hmm. or something like that. Or, you know, maybe this guy like Nichols was there for a full year, you know, and then they cut him when his bonus was due, you know. With a new role, maybe, you know, okay, he's played a full year for us. You know, his the bonuses in that offseason are guaranteed or whatever. And I would not mm, counting towards the cap, so you know I'd like to see where I would like to see the possibility for players to be able to file for something and get maybe not the full amount, but like let's say you're supposed to get a two hundred thousand dollar bonus. You get cut right before it, you like are able to go to the like um the players association and they go head to head with the league about it and they've got to pay like a quarter of it back plus they still lose all that money in the cap well the thing that kind of irks me about it too is especially with nickels is mlse is probably the deepest pocketed owner oh yeah in the league that i can think of because oh yeah i look at the other owners you know most of them are multi-millionaires. I think there's like one or two multi-billionaires in there. And then, you know, MLSC is a multi-billion dollar sports conglomerate who owns the Raptors, the Leafs, and MLSC and the Argos, you know? And I think I think they own another team. So $200,000, that's pennies to them, you know? Like mm. the salary cap in general for the CFL, like $5 million? For a multi-billion well, dollar company, that's nothing. Well, know? do you know how much... One thing that you know what I think the league needs to try and get more money from? They need to get more money from their TV deals. Oh, 100%. Do you know, do you know how much they make per uh, for the TSN deal? I think it's... They make $45 million. It's $5 million per team per season. I thought so, it was more than that. I thought it was $54 no. million or something like that. $5 million per team per season. It'll get uh, bumped up on the same if it's the same deal. I'm assuming it goes up, but like right now they're at 45 million, which is kind of ridiculous. I mean, that's I'm taking that from uh, I'm taking that from Bob Irving in Winnipeg. So if that's wrong, then that's his number. I think it says it's around 50 million. Yeah. So So, you're probably right. Maybe it's five million per team, and then five million to the league itself. Maybe yeah. But you think about you think about that. That's just like it's basically the TV deal covers your team's salary, and then everything else goes to the stadium and all that. Mm, Yeah, yeah. you need more money. Exactly. 
Like, yeah, like we can't be a gate-driven league anymore. Like every other league is starting to move on from that model, well, and the CFL needs to get with the times and start doing that too. And that's what I'm scared of is this upcoming season. Like I'm, I'm really hoping we get one, and they say we're going to by Labor Day or something. They said that last year. Yeah, but did. if there's if there's no fans in the stands and you're not getting the numbers that you need, it's gonna like they're gonna say it's not worth it and they're gonna shut it down. I'm really worried for that. I, I think mean, it hinges on the government and their ability to get the vaccines rolled out. Players are doing all. Yeah. Here's the thing: players are signing these big deals with big signing bonuses. That's a thing that I can like tell you guys is that like a lot of players that I've talked to, they when I've I haven't gotten any numbers from anybody, but they've all said big signing bonuses. Mm-hmm. I don't think like, you know, and you'd assume that the players and the teams know a little more than us in terms of what's happening. Yeah. So if they're doing all these big signings with especially big signing bonuses, then I feel like we have to be going ahead, right? At least I think it's more capacity. than likely. Because I think you'd, you'd hope. Yeah. Yeah. Like sponsors are going to run for the hills if this league shuts down for two years. Because I may have stuck with the CFL for one year being gone and been like, okay, whatever, but the league's not there for two years and I'm not getting, you know, the exposure that I agreed to in this contract. I'm going to pull out and run for the hills. And I feel like any decent business person would do the same thing. Well, you're begging for viewers for Uh, the past years and then you just drop off for two years. Yeah, it's going to do the most negative thing you can ever expect. I mean, I feel like another piece of uh, of the pie in terms of money that we need to focus on is how much those field sponsors make. You True. know, like when yeah. they've got. Do you do you know how much they make? Oh, I had no idea. Um, for Winnipeg, an on-field sponsor, and we have eight of them because we have three on like the left side, three on the right side, and then one on like the middle and the top, and one in the bottom. Yeah. So we make three hundred grand. From each of them. That's a decent so, amount of money. Yeah. So when you look at things like that, something that really doesn't take a lot of effort. I mean, it's a it's a weird thought, but like, do we want to put more sponsors on the jerseys? Well, a helmet sponsor, maybe. I don't know if you guys seen this too, but they just kind of legalized sports betting in Canada a little more. This like there's a bill. Hold on, I'll I'll clarify that. There's a bill working its way through the federal government that would legalize single game sports betting in Canada, which some people think would be huge for the CFL. Because wait, that wasn't that wasn't legal before. No, you could only do like three game parlays or whatever. Oh, like James knows more about that. I'm not a hundred percent sure that, but that's how it was explained to me. I was okay. No, now that you say that I was kind of wondering, like I did some of that stuff, like uh, in the 2018 playoffs, Mm -hmm. I decided I was like, Oh, I'm going to go get some lottery tickets. And I was kind of shocked that you couldn't just do one. Yeah. Like, I feel like if the CFL did that and then they got, uh, I think they were working with DraftKings for a bit. Yeah. If you could maybe work out a deal with them, and that's it. Gambling is a huge industry in sports; like it brings in billions of dollars. So, for the for CFL to be able to bring in, you know, single game gambling, because let's be real, they only play like you know four games a week. You know, so yeah. it it is harder with like a three game, you know, minimum or whatever three bet minimum to you know, 
be able to bet on CFL games. So if you have that single, you know, uh, bet being legalized and the CFL gets a share of that money, that's potentially millions of new dollars going in the CFL's pockets. Exactly. We need the CFL to do, like, they just need to do more stuff that gets them, like, on the news a little more for, like, like, I'm going to say dumb stuff. But by <laughs> dumb, dumb stuff. stuff, but by that, I mean... Bring back like, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> when they, well, no, no, no. But, like, in the 100th Grey Cup, they had the Grey Cup train. Oh, Why that was that cool. Thing? Why that was that cool. Thing? That is so cool. That yeah, make that, a make a Grey thing. Cup train a yearly thing. That'd be awesome. Like, just things like that, where it was, like, just get get more exposure in the Even... community more. Yeah, like CFL week. That was when they did CFL it in Regina. Was awesome. It was huge. When like, they that did it in so Winnipeg, it was also pretty good. Yeah, yeah. like you, there's a couple cities you could do that in. Like you could do that in Winnipeg. You could do that in Ottawa, Hamilton, Calgary, you know, Edmonton. Edmonton. Yep. But um, even do one like in on a, like try to do one. I don't know if you could do it in the states, but like do it. You don't have to do it in Regina. Like, do it somewhere where you're trying to grow a fan base, or you're mm-hmm. trying like yeah. Like, if BC wins a Grey Cup, do it there. Scrap whatever plans you had. Do it in BC. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if you're trying, like, if you're trying to grow the game globally, get some of your big name players and do a thing in the states somewhere, like in California or like yeah. just somewhere with a big population where you could be like, this guy played for LSU. This guy played for Caltech. Like, you could do stuff like that and appeal to the local guys and be like. Wow, my favorite players for these colleges that I watched are still playing football. I can yeah. watch them. Oh, and I can bet on it even better. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, like, yeah, like one, so much opportunity. Uh, one thing that the Bombers used to do yearly, and I loved it, is they had, it was just called the Bomber Fair. And it was back when we had Canada in Stadium. It was in the parking lot, and it was literally like a just a state fair in the lot and you could go on the field and you can go into the locker rooms you could play guitar hero on the jumbotrons yeah like why the why isn't every team doing that like Like, i I don't know why we scrapped it i don't know if it just stopped becoming profitable but like it was so cool it was always packed when i was there like i had a blast saskatchewan had a thing like that too mosaic stadium kind of outside the stadium on the practice field they had little fun events you can do no, and win different but, prizes. That was cool. I don't know if they if still you, do it though. But you should do that in places like Toronto and things like that. Make it more of a community center where these kids can go and have either cheap or free fun, where there's lots of yeah. activities constantly. And then it's like you can win tickets, you can get tickets to the games. You're gonna draw in fans. Be like, oh, I go here for these activities all the time, and there's these players here. Let's go to the game. Like, there's yeah. Yeah, like it's Toronto just, when they had uh, the exhibition there, that was one of the few games they had really good attendance because if you got a they, ticket with the exhibition, you got into the game for free. Yeah, so and had a big crowd. Yeah, th- that was one of the few games they had some legit big attendance, and I feel like yeah, doing they, stuff like that to draw people in would actually not be a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. And then if you want more kind of talks like this, we did a whole show about this, basically how the CFL could better appeal to a younger audience because that's who they really need to get to. And I think I they're like... they're screwing up because the people they're laying off of their content creators, like those are those are not the people you should be laying off right now. Yeah. Like, 
I feel like one thing for our next episode, I feel like we should all bring like a question or two where we can just talk. And it, it won't be like any CFL player things, but it's just like two questions from each of us that we keep secret until day of. And then we just actually just talk about them. Oh, I feel idea. like that'd be good. That's a really good idea. That is a good idea. I will write just that down. Stuff, should do it. Stuff like this. And like it can be player related. But like personally, I think the more broad that it is about like CFL and sports is the, the better. better. Yeah, absolutely. Because like I feel like like personally just even recording these i feel like i have the most fun talking about this yeah this same here stuff, absolutely i just I, with the cfl i don't know what do you guys think they should be doing right now to stay relevant because again they're cutting their content creators like is that who you should be cutting right now or should you be cutting you know well you need to stay relevant so yeah. like they should be they should be working with the pa more to like they should just be trying to do like some viral videos or something like yeah again like the content like, creators yeah like be like hey Trevor Harris we want you to like see if you can break the world record for the most throw like something to do with throwing and then be like yeah yeah like Darrell Walker or somebody we want you to try oh, to catch the most like, footballs yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be you know, cool like, yeah. try to do stuff to keep your name out there with your big stars that's what like that's what they're there for doing like well one thing that I saw um. Remember uh, in the last Grey Cup, I think it was this past Grey Cup, they had a League of Legends tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were going to do that with the Riders one. Yeah. Yeah. Do an esports thing or something that is like, you know, a lot of the players like video games. I can come up with a team of four right now with all (laughs) different players from different teams. I was going to say, you play Warzone Warzone with a ton of CFL players. Like, I'm telling you right now, you could get uh, get Juwan Breskison. You can get Lar, you can get Jackson Jeffco, and you can get Santos Knox together in a call and play Warzone. Stream it. Well, yes. I'm sure you can get, get get the CFL to open a Twitch and just have like players run it. Like, play it. Team, though, like oh my god, team takeovers on Twitch. Done. Yes. Yeah, you could, I'm sure you could find like four guys from every team that either a all play Madden together or b play Call of Duty or something together. Like yeah. And yeah, you could do. Yeah, like Riders versus Eskimos on, let's say, a Thursday night, and they play on the Saturday or Sunday. Like, that would be so cool. That, you could that'd watch be awesome. them on Twitch. Yeah, you could watch them on Twitch talking crap to each other like, a I know, little bit I know, and um, playing some games. And I yeah. know Matt Nichols. Uh, I think it was Matt Nichols, um, Weston Dressler when he was on the Bombers, and Ryan Smith. They all played Rocket League together. Exactly. Oh, my Do, like That would be so fun, doing like a tournament. A where CFL like, esports tournament. Yeah, yeah, that would a whole be bunch cool. Of different games, yeah. You could have a champion for Matt, a champion for Rocket League, a champion for COD. Yeah, you, you just, just stream get different it all. players to sign up for different stuff. Yeah. Again, this and is a- stuff that their marketing department should be thinking of, but whoever's running it is like super old and out of touch and doesn't know this stuff. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, CFL. Hey, we're giving you free ideas here. Y'all should be listening. Well- you know? We'll send this to Randy Ambrosi <laughs> after this. Yeah, email him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard to do, because again, like Carter mentioned, these guys play. Like, we're in a generation now where most people it's, play video it, games. You know, yeah, it's in their an 20s acceptable and medium of entertainment now. Well, it's it's and essentially what you, the same as watching TV. Besides working out, what do you think these players have been doing most of this year exactly. off anyways? Like all the players I hear, it's like, oh yeah, we're playing, we're playing Warzone. Like I heard Dan Clark say that he was running Warzone with some of the offensive linemen on the Riders. You yeah, know, like and I got, 
like you have Carter. I have a couple guys on Xbox Live too, and yeah, you see them online all the time playing Madden or Call of Duty, whatever it is, and they're they're always online playing. I mean, yeah, they've got nothing to do, and I mean, it's not it's no fault of their own, but it's just that's what it is right now. Yeah, Why not take, take advantage, advantage of, of it? Exactly. That, yeah, take advantage of the situation. Be like, hey, you know, we we can't play real games, but hey, we're gonna go play some Madden, you know. Yeah, I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard, you know. You're going to make money from, like, donos and stuff. You could probably get the stream sponsored by somebody. Oh, of course. Yeah, they could get anybody, one of their CP or somebody to sponsor it for sure. Yeah, like, does the CFL even have a Twitch? Like, I'm, I'm going to look. Probably not. I, I doubt they have a Twitch. But yeah, let's, let's look. Not. Nope, they don't have a Twitch. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Again, see, like Ooh, their marketing, stated. their marketing needs to enter the new generation. It hasn't yet. Where you we should know, take their Twitch. Let's take their Twitch. <laughs> take their Twitch and make them pay us. <laughs> no, no, we're not that mean. But uh, let's take well, let's take the Twitch and actually start utilizing it. Why not? <laughs> hey, I mean, Carter, if you yeah. want to start up a Twitch with CFL players, be my guest, man. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, again, I feel like that'd be a super easy thing. And again, their marketing needs to move into, you know, the now, whereas a lot of the stuff they're doing is, you know, very 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. It's not, it's not fully caught up with, you know, how things are right now, which, you know, like you could find the NBA on Twitch. The NFL was streaming games on Twitch where they had, personalities like commentating the games and you could watch them with people i thought that was so cool like why can't the cfl do stuff like that you know get some canadian streamers who like the cfl you know get them to watch a couple games with their audience and then some of those people will watch the games you know or buy merchandise and things like that you know just expanding the audience and like the range of your audience exactly like that's what you need to do it's like it's there the cfl always sits here and they're like why can't we get to the younger masses what's <laughs> going on meanwhile they're on tv only and it's like their twitch or they don't have a twitch their <laughs> twitter is like obsolete their youtube is dead their yeah. instagram is barely active during the season like it's my just, cousin gets more views on tiktok than no, they do like, yeah, well, like, yeah. Like, the when free agency broke, they're like, it's free agency day, we're ready to go. And every reporter was breaking the news. It took them two and a half hours until they made their first tweet about free agency. <laughs> yeah, like, like I was following three down yeah, nation. Well, that's, that's, I was following yeah, three down like during free agency. I wasn't on any CFL site. I had to go I to three like down nation. With, well, I feel like with CFL stuff. Like with with official things that need to go through proper channels, that's gonna take time. So I kind of get that. But yeah, but you can retweet like journalists saying stuff, right? But you know? someone someone put that argument to me. So I looked at previous years, and like my, Mike Riley's contract was announced at like eleven oh one. Like yeah. they had stuff lined up before in previous years. Like as soon as free agency broke, they had signings and. We've seen it as soon as 11 o'clock hit, Justin Dunk sent out like 15 tweets. This guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's here. Yeah. Because everybody knew and like the league knows, okay, we need to cross the T's and dot the I's, but it's official. And nobody's going to care if they're like, if they say, okay, this guy signed here and then he backs out of the 
all they'd have to say is like, yeah, just unretweet the tweet. Contract, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Like, yeah. Or this guy backed out of the contract. He's still a free agent. Like, exactly. It's, it's just, yeah, there's no activity. It's like they, it's like they don't want to have a social media presence. I know. It's, it's everybody else doing it for them. And I, I really hope that that's not what they're relying on. Yeah. It's people like us to keep the league active. Because to be honest, we don't have a big enough platform to do that. You know, exactly. like exactly we we get we get a good amount of listeners. We get we have like 200 listeners per show, but we're not going to. You know, we're single handedly keep the league, league alive, yeah. you know, exactly. Like if, I mean, that being said, if the league ever needed anything from us, I'm sure we'd, we'd all do be down yeah. in a heartbeat. Well, I mean, hey, it's... we're giving you free ideas to reach our audience. We are the audience you're trying to reach and we are telling you what we want from you exactly. you know exactly like we we made a whole episode about it like you you know it's not very hard for you to you know reach out or you know maybe listen and, to some of the feedback we're giving you and be like okay you know we need to move our marketing into the now and maybe and it's a like, shame because it seems like sorry sorry for interrupting it's okay um but it seems like whenever they have a good idea they never get to see it through like I remember like we have a group chat with some other CFL aficionados and we were all dying at the uh at the trash talk commercials yet they only made like 3 of them. I know those exactly. were great. I hope they bring that back next year. Like if we get a season, I hope they bring that back cuz that was awesome. If you're like, so, "Oh yeah, this guy went in hard." Or you're like, "Oh, this guy was so they, soft." I've, you yeah, know? and there were like, some like, and it was like the players showed personality, and it was solid stuff. Yeah, like, it's just you know you gotta make. I I don't even know anymore. It's just yeah, it's just, again like even stuff that we did as a podcast, like our highlight videos got thousands of views, and you're the telling video me game covers the video game. Oh, the covers, video game the covers were another on one. The riders. Yeah, like we had a lot of great ideas just as a it's, podcast brainstorming stuff. And well, I mean, we're even, a group of like five, six people doing this, you know? Yeah. But you think like just the video games, like Cody Fajardo tweeted our picture thinking, and he said, like, what do you guys think? Would you guys buy a CFL game? We had other players reaching out to us saying, like, this is great. The CFL should do this. Like, yeah, or hey, could you do one with me on the cover or whatever? Like, we had a couple guys do that. And then, yeah, and it's, the CFL, yeah, they sit there and wonder why they can't get with the younger audience. But, like, there are so many people out there that have ideas, and they just look at it and go, like, oh, well, it's not in the budget. Like, we can't we can't figure out the money for it. Yeah, but, or they dismiss you because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, what do you know? It's like, well, for starters, I'm a, you know, third-year business student at one of the best business schools in Canada, and I'm throwing these ideas out here, you know? Well, and it's, I'm your ideal, like, target rate, like, yeah, I'm your demographic. I am what you want to watch your football. So yeah, listen I'm, to what I say. I'm in that demo you need to capture, and I have knowledge of business. Please listen to me. You know, like don't the just more, don't yeah, just dismiss honestly, me. You know, like, honestly, the more we talk about it, the more sad I get just from the fact that like they don't listen. I know because truly. I even asked you and James because you two made the viral highlight videos. I said, hey, how long did it take you to put this together? You guys yeah, said like what? 10 like minutes. ten minutes. You yeah, know, an hour. Maybe? You're telling yeah, me like... one or two people in their content department couldn't take five or ten minutes to make a highlight package. You know, like and I don't know. Were, I, I don't know. They were man. so yeah. Like, but you said earlier they kind of they aim really high and then they just kind of let it go. Even 
when they thought the mobile game was going to be the best thing ever. If you open that game in 2021, it has players that aren't on that aren't on the teams anymore. Like they didn't even update it, and that was their like that was their crown jewel. I, I felt like that was like a okay, we tried, you know, kind of thing, or it was like a bare bones effort. Every I've seen Randy Ambrosi for three years in a row, and every time I talked to him, he said, "This is our best option. This is what we're going to stick to." It's doing really well. But I'm sure the game I'm did sure. well initially, but you have to stay with it and develop it and keep but it that, active, don't. you know? And that's the thing. They just, they haven't. Yeah, like, again, you have to understand video games. You know, you have to bring in, like, if you're, like, Carter, you'll get this too, right? Like, there's a difference between, like, a Call of Duty or Madden and, you know, a free-to-play game. Uh, yeah. You know, you have to you have to bring in new content as a you know, free game to keep retention for years on end because, you know, this isn't COD where there's a new one every year and there's different content or a Madden, right? Like, it's, it's this is the game. This is going to be the game, you know, five years from now. And we have to keep players and keep this player base for, you know, 10 years or whatever. We have to, you know, add and improve this game. You know, we can't just be like, oh, here's the game, guys. Goodbye. You know, at the end of the day, it all boils down to this. And I feel like this is sort of the last thing that I'm sort of thinking on the subject. Plus, I feel like we've kind of gone on this a bit too long. Yeah, Yeah, we definitely have. We we went off on a very long tangent there. But I mean, hey, if you want this rant, but in more detail and more specific, go check out our video. I'm just going to find the name of it. It's. I believe it's how the CFL can better appeal to a younger audience is the name of the video. Oh uh, yes, because with a title like that, we'll pull in all the young children, like all the young. Yeah, people. we had that. We had um, to make but, it specific. Anyway, anyway, um, my last piece on this is, if you really want to get new fans and younger fans, you can't rely on old ways. Amen. And it is such a simple thing to grasp yet the cfl will not do it and until they do we're gonna have the same conversation where it's us just repeating things that seem so simple to do because they just won't want to do it i don't know if it seems risky to them or not but that's how i feel it could be risk some businesses are often scared of you know trying something new and the fear that it'll fail right but at the same time you have to same time in the business world it's adapt or die you know exactly. that is how business works you can't do the same thing or you'll end up like blockbuster you know like do do you really want to end up like blockbuster cfl or do you want to be netflix you know like it, it's your it's your choice who do you want to be you know so blockbuster could have bought netflix they could yeah exactly they could have bought <laughs> netflix and you know what they did instead they laughed them out of the building they said this idea is totally unworkable. This will never be a thing. And who's laughing now? You know? But exactly. again, if you want to see uh, our thoughts on that, we, we have a video up all about that in full detail. So I would advise checking that out. Um, let's wrap this up with our COVID activities. Uh, for me... Uh, I haven't been doing too much, mostly university studying, but the game I got back into recently is Planet Side 2. Uh, it's free to play, so it doesn't cost you anything but your time to try it out. It is a first-person shooter 
unlike any other, and when I say that, I'm not being facetious, this is what I mean. Um, picture this. A thousand players plus on a single map, and you're fighting for sectors of that map, and then whoever has the most territory at the end of the countdown wins. And in these sectors of the map, you have battles that can go up to over 100 players plus. So 100 versus 100, basically. You can't get that in COD or Battlefield or anything. And again, this game is free to play. It's on PS4 and PC. Highly recommend checking it out. It's a ton of fun. Uh, it's like an even larger Battlefield, is how I would describe it. It's super fun. Got a bit of a sci-fi element, but if you're not into that, you know, there's there's different factions. You can choose some more realistic than others. So they each come with their own benefits. So again, highly recommend checking out Plan Aside 2. Free to play. It's on Steam. Really got no excuse. Oh, cool. Uh I'm gonna say my COVID activity has been uh WandaVision, because it's taken over, I mean, the past uh, seven weeks of my life, but the last three or four have been really intense, and uh, quite quite a lot of what I have on my brain is just trying to figure out what's going on between week to week. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't watched it, make sure you do, because it is a great show. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Everyone that I've, uh, everyone that I've talked to who's seen it has all been, like, throwing compliments its way. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. The ending is going to be incredible. I can feel it. I know you <laughs> hounded me to watch it, Taylor, and I, I did. I did. I, I did. I watched three episodes last night. Um, super good. First two episodes are kind of bland. I was like, man, but I knew something was better was coming because I was like, OK, when does this pick up? And you're like, episode two yeah. or three. It just so I waited and. Oh, it gets really good at episode three. Like everything comes together and you're like, oh, so this is why they did that in episode one. That oh, super boring thing. It's like, that makes sense now. You know, and, you haven't seen anything yet. Oh, man. I'm excited for the next couple of episodes when they come out. So, yeah, uh, I, I got a stamp of approval for WandaVision 2 on that one. <laughs> uh, for me, I've been for my COVID activity. This game, I wouldn't call it much of a COVID activity just because it came out very recently. I have been playing Persona 5 Scramble. It is the sequel to the popular game Persona 5. It is so good. It is just like I am shocked with how quality it is because uh, it seemed like when it was first getting announced, everyone was super disappointed by the announcement because like the like this game or like the persona series never had gone to a beat-em-up style so everyone was like a little bit concerned so seeing it be a success or at least for me it's a success was super super fun i have probably dumped 20 hours into it on launch already um but yeah super fun pretty much all i've been doing whenever i have free time since this past weekend and yeah it's a really good game i recommend it yeah, for sure. And I believe that wraps up the show. Yeah. So, again, if you want to find... Thank you for watching, first of all, because this is going to be a longer episode, but uh, if you care to listen more, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe to our social media. Check out our Instagram, Facebook. What else are we on? Twitter. 
And I think those are our three main ones. So go Dude, check us out there. And yeah, if you Google us, it all comes up. So just do that. Yeah, Google Google's your friend, but you know, just just in case you're on those platforms, definitely give us a follow. And yeah, that wraps up the show. Thank you for listening. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off.